Welcome to the All Y'all Podcast. I'm Sarah Abair. And I'm Chris J. All Y'all is a podcast and live storytelling event series that Sarah and I produce independently right here in Shreveport, Louisiana. And if you're interested in live storytelling events, and you know, who isn't? We've got one coming up on Friday, July 26, 2019 at RSVP. That is an event center on Uri Drive uh, in Shreveport that used to be Maurice's Bar. So uh, if you were drinking age in like the early aughts, you, you may have fuzzy memories of Maurice's Bar. That's where we're at. Tickets are on sale now at allyallblog.com. This is our second ever wildcard event where anyone in the audience can be called on stage to tell a story. These events are a riot. They're a blast. Please join us if you can. And thanks to all of you who've already purchased tickets. This episode features storyteller Benet Summers from our June 2015 live event, Brush with Fame. Chris and I were excited to host an event dedicated to stories about close encounters with larger-than-life characters, and Benet's tale of spending Thanksgiving with John Wayne did not disappoint. Before we get to Benet's story, though, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, Marilyn's Place. You know, the one thing that I love most about Marilyn's Place might be the fact that they understand that crispy tater tots are actually already the best hash browns in the world. Uh, They love tater tots as much as I do. And the best way to enjoy tater tots at Marilyn's Place is to order their very secret brunch menu item, the junk. It's basically a mountain of tater tots covered in everything you could ever want to eat for breakfast. And next time you visit, have a little adventure and tell them you want the junk. Thank you, Boz, Elise, Althea, and all the wonderful folks at Marilyn's Place for supporting independent media like all y'all located here in Shreveport. And I should have mentioned also, keep an eye out for the alligator junk, the rarest of all breakfast. The rare beast. The rare Pokemon of Shreveport brunch. Um, This episode of All Y'all has uh, to do with going out to eat, actually. Specifically, it's the story of a chance encounter that resulted in Shreveporter Benet Summers and her family sharing Thanksgiving Day dinner with the most recognizable cowboy on earth, none other than John Wayne. Benet shared her story live on stage at the Shreveport Little Theater. Stick around after the story for an update from Benet, and here's her story, which we're calling Dinner with the Duke. This took place in Casa Grande, Arizona in 1967 on Thanksgiving Day. I was just about 11 years old when I had this brush with fame, but before I get to that day, I need to give you some background information on exactly how I ended up in Casa Grande, Arizona which from here on out, I'm going to call it Casa Grande because when you live there, that's what you referred to it as. You bastardized that Spanish beautiful name. Everybody called it Casa Grande. This was a cotton, copper mining cattle town that was right in between Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona with a population of about 10,000 people in the middle of the Sonoran Desert. Well, in 1966, my mother was still in Tucson. My father had been stationed at Davis-Monthan Air Force Base there, and she decided she wanted to go back to school and get her undergraduate degree in music. She was a professional harpist, but she decided she wanted to go ahead and finish her degree. So she had enrolled at the University of Arizona and took an elective course in anthropology. Well, once she took this course, she fell in love with anthropology and switched her major to anthropology. She ended up with a degree in historical archeology. span And during this time, I would often travel with her to the local Indian reservations, which was basically the Pima and the Papago Indians, where she did a lot of research at that time. This is also where she met my stepfather-to-be, who was from Casa Grande, Arizona, and he would often go with her to these Indian reservations to help her with her research. 
He was what is known is an old term. He was an Indian trader back then. Um, he was an interesting character in himself that he was also in the small town of 10,000. He was the taxi service. He was the local bells bondsman. He was an assistant sheriff's deputy, and he also owned an old Indian curiosity shop that was down by the railroad track next to a bar. Well, he and his mother, or he and my mother, fell in love, decided to get married. So my younger brother, myself, and my mother moved to Casa Grande, and they got married. This was all 1966-67. So once we got married and moved there, my mother decided, you know, the shop's kind of a cute little idea. Maybe we should move it to a nicer part of town. Therefore, it can act as a hub for local Indians to come, put their wares to sell so she could help them with that, but also act to educate the locals, but also tourists that came to the town. So they did move the store, and that's where my love of American Indian art as well as Western art started was this 1966-67 time period. And so with this in mind, there was going to be the unveiling of a Western American statue at this local hotel called the Francisco Grande Hotel. Now this hotel was an enigma in itself. This was seven miles west of Casa Grande in the middle of nowhere. There was this enigma of a building, a seven-story hotel that was built as a luxury resort in the middle of nowhere. Well, this was built for two reasons. One, it was to act as a hideaway for local celebrities from Hollywood to drive out because it was about a five-hour drive, or you could fly into Phoenix and drive 40 miles south. The reason number two it was re uh, built was because it was also the spring training ground for the San Francisco Giants baseball team at the time. So during the 60s was a big heyday of this little luxury hotel in the middle of nowhere. And they were having the unveiling of this American statue. And it was also during this time period that a well-known Hollywood celebrity invested into a little ca local cattle company called the Bar 26. And this person was often seen in Casa Grande, Arizona. So on this Thanksgiving day, we decided to go out to the hotel to have our Thanksgiving dinner and look at this Western bronze statue that they had just unveiled that day. So we off we drove in the car, out to Franny Granny was the term that they called it out then. We walked into the hotel lobby and there to the side was this statue. So there was us and about 20 or 30 other people that were there and we were admiring it and our backs were all against this door that led into the, the restaurant and the rest of the hotel. Well, I noticed after a few minutes, it got really quiet. It was scary quiet. You didn't even hear the music in the, in the, in the motel. And I thought, what is going on? So I looked around me, and I noticed everybody was starting to look around. I thought, well, what is happening? So I slowly turned my head, and there he is walking through the door, at least 10 feet tall, including his cowboy hat, the king of the silver screen cowboys, John Wayne. He was larger than life to me, and he was walking just like this. I'm gonna try to do this now. You know his famous walk? <laughs> he still did that, and he was coming right to me, to me, and I just stood there like this. He put his hand out to me, and he said, well, hello there, little lady, how are you? And I was like, fine, I think, I'm not sure. I don't remember what I said or anything. Well, at this time, whatever I said, he turned to my stepfather to admire his bolo tie, and that's why I was wearing this tonight, because this is like the official necktie of Arizona is a bolo tie. And so here was my stepfather, always the cowboy, cowboy hat, his panhandle slim, pearl button shirt with his bolo tie on, his severely creased pants, and his cowboy boots. <laughs> and John Wayne was dressed just like him, so they were admiring each other's outfits, which was great. 
Well, as we stood there, I noticed Mr. Wayne looks a little different in real life than he does on the silver screen. So I pulled the shirt of my mother's shirt that she had on, and uh, I said, Mom, he looks different. He doesn't look the same like he does in the movies. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, in the movies, he has a bigger chest and a smaller waist, and it looks like it's reversed today. It's kind of bigger here, and it's smaller up there. And my mom said, well, honey, he probably wears a girdle during his movies. What? John Wayne wears a girdle? A man can wear a girdle? And people don't look in real life like they do on the silver screen? So I had a lot of um, things happen that day that I realized what you see on the film is not what you see in real life. Well, as my parents talked to Mr. and Mrs. Wayne, they finally said, would you like to join us for Thanksgiving dinner? And of course, they said yes. So we were escorted with Mr. Wayne, his wife, his two children, and the little entourage he had with him. And by the way, he's the one that invested in the local cattle company. I just couldn't reveal that earlier. We walked into a room, and as we were walking to the room, I thought to myself, I wonder what we're having for Thanksgiving dinner. Are we going to have steak because he owns a cattle company? Are we going to have Mexican food? Are we going to have something weird from Los Angeles? So we sat there, and we sat down. Well, lo and behold, the serving staff brought in a big turkey and put it right in front of Mr. Wayne. Well, Mr. Wayne decided to say grace for everybody, and then afterwards he actually proceeded to carve and serve the turkey, and it was a very traditional Thanksgiving meal. It was very nice. Well, everybody was sitting around enjoying their Thanksgiving dinner, and I noticed two of his children got up that were with him, and I'd say they were in their late 20s at the time, and they were going up to their father saying, how much longer do we have to stay here? This is boring, we have other things to do. And I thought to myself, you talk to your dad like this, and you talk to John Wayne like this? <laughs> Number two, I thought, you know, I can hear what you're saying, and that's kind of disrespectful that you want to get out of here. Well, needless to say, his kids stayed there, and we had the rest of our Thanksgiving dinner together. And afterwards, Mr. Wayne came over to my family and thanked us for coming, and I think it was at that moment that my brother scrounged up a piece of paper and a pen and asked for his autograph, which he gladly conceded to do. Then my brother put it into his pocket, and my brother being seven years old, that's like the black hole down there, because I don't know what happened to it, what ended up with it, I don't know where it ended up at. But just as Mr. Wayne came into our lives, very quietly he exited through the hotel, and we never saw him again, but we often heard when he was in town, he was at the seventh story of this hotel, it was known as the Duke's Penthouse, is where he hung out. And every time I see a John Wayne movie to this time, I always smile and think what a nice man he was and how nice he was to invite us for Thanksgiving dinner that day. And I can't say that this was a life-changing situation for me, but I can say this happened at a change in my life after my mother was divorced and remarried my stepfather. Um, we toured the American West all over to visit various Indian reservations and just went to all different kinds of art showings for Western artists. So I gained a great appreciation for the American West, its cowboy culture, Native American Indian tribes, which I thoroughly enjoy and I still remember today. And I appreciate my mother more for that because of the adventure of a lifetime that she gave to us in this learning experience. But it also made me realize that celebrities are people too, after experiencing that. They have their ups and downs just like we do. They're ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances, and it was great. My mother did so great in her western uh, store that she had in Casa Grande, Arizona, that she was eventually asked to open another store in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So she was up there, which I would go up there with her every summer to help her with her store up there, which I had many, many other what I call close encounters of the western kind up there as well. 
one of which I almost got accidentally sold for 21 beaver pelts to a local mountain man who was acting as an advisor to a movie that was being made up there called The Mountain Men, which featured Charlton Heston and Brian Keith. Yes, I met both of them, but that's another story. That was Benet Summers recorded live on stage at the historic Shreveport Little Theater in June 2015. Before we hear an update from Benet, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, MacCentric. And as a Mac user, I like to keep tabs on what's happening with Apple, what new products or updates are in the works, stuff like that. An easy way to keep up with the news is by following MacCentric on Facebook. Chris and I just got our almost 10-year-old iMac back from MacCentric, and it's running like a dream. We put a really nice SSD into it. And Thomas, the owner of the company, even followed up with me just a few days afterward just to make sure things were going smoothly and we were happy with all the updates. So if you want that kind of level of personal service for your Mac, you can learn more about MacCentric at maccentric.net. And for the record, Sarah is the one here that knows what SSD means. So I'm so it's thankful. solid state drive. Okay, well, I'm so thankful to have you and the folks at MacCentric <laughs> on the job. If your Mac product ever needs service or repair, please consider supporting Shreveport's locally owned Apple premium service provider. Thank you, MacCentric, for supporting independent media in Shreveport, Louisiana. Recently, we caught up with Benet for a chat about American icons growing up in the Southwest and more. Here's our conversation. During the story, you also, at the end of the story, you may remember this, you made an allusion to nearly being traded for some beaver pelts to a movie production. Oh my gosh. That was when we, my parents had a summertime uh, store in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And again, they started that when I was around 13 years old. And when we went up there, there was a gentleman that came in the store and he was just had giant furs all over his body and a fur skin cap. And he was just a character around town. I don't remember his name, but he always was winked at me. I know jokingly, but he always asked my mom, you know, I might trade her for a couple of beaver pelts that I had up in the mountains. And of course, I was just shocked that my mother would even consider something like that. I've got to say, having Thanksgiving dinner with John Wayne is about the most American thing you can possibly do. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you couldn't think of a better way. It's still a great memory for me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the All Y'all Podcast. If you enjoyed it, there are tons of other great episodes out there that you can stream anytime by visiting allyallblog.com. If you get a kick out of celebrity encounters, Sarah and I would highly recommend that you check out Tom Ayers' fantastic story of the afternoon he spent in an airport with O.J. Simpson. That episode is called Trying to Make It Work, and you can find it in iTunes or by searching allyallblog.com. It is definitely a great celebrity encounter story. And don't forget, we've got All Y'all Live Wildcard 2 coming up on Friday, July 26th at RSVP in Shreveport. That location is on Uri Drive, right by Max's Pawn Shop. Tickets are $15 and they're on sale now at allyallblog.com. Wildcard events are, are just so much fun. Anyone who buys a ticket may be randomly called on stage to tell a story, or when you buy a ticket, you can nominate someone else in the audience to tell a story. These events wind up feeling like a really great house party. I'm really psyched. Chris, are you pumped? It's also our 11-year wedding anniversary. That night is actually our wedding anniversary. And th and don't be like, oh, y'all should be on a date. This is this what, is the date. This is what we love doing. <laughs> we love hosting all y'all events, so there's nowhere we would rather be 
than than hosting um, Wildcard Two on July twenty sixth. Sarah, I've, w- while we have the dedicated few listeners who've listened this far, thank you, dear listener. If I'll, you've listened this far, send an email to hello at allyallblog.com, <laughs> and I have a very special present just for you. So while we're talking to these awesome folks, I want to point out there is nothing to be afraid of at an All Y'all Wildcard event. When you say that's the case. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, I have a lot of anxiety about talking to people in public. And um, it's like the audience gives you a big hug and says, you can do it. It's really like the way I feel about these is that you're it's like you're at a good dinner party and everyone at the dinner party is interesting. Okay, so like um, anybody who starts going off about this crazy thing that happened to them once, you want to kind of like move closer to their little group of people and listen in. That's what these are like. You have full permission to lead the boring conversation. Go to the interesting one all night long. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's so much fun. Please buy tickets at allyallblog.com. You can't miss the ticket link. It's at the top. See you soon. Bye, y'all. Bye.